The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Ah, a Moon Mountain this morning. Honey. Moon Mountain Marsan, Triple M. Really? Moon uh, Mountain Marsan. Yeah. Alliterative magic. Amazing. Except it's the Moon Mountain District. There you go. Hey, everybody. <laughs> welcome to the Winemakers. I'm John Myers, sitting with Sam Katuri and Brian Casey. Bart Hansen is on assignment today. I think he's training for Chef Cycle. That's right. If, that's, you haven't, if you haven't donated, that's uh, this as this episode airs, it's next week. Uh, and he's raising money still, so go to his Instagram. Um, this supports Absolutely. No Kids Hungry. Uh, so it's they raised three million dollars last year, which is not jump chance. That's three days true. of riding a hundred miles a day seems like that math uh, works out. No wonder I'm not <laughs> in it, Sam. So. Hey, everybody, welcome Chris Cottrell from Bedrock, obviously, and welcome, and Phil Cattori of Enterprise and sixteen six hundred, and Robert Kamen from Kamen Wines. Welcome, guys. Much appreciated. Say hi. <laughs> oh, hi, hi, everyone. Oh, hi. Ohio. Ohio. I'm just starstruck over here. Uh, and Robert. No, you can't be starstruck. No, Luminaries of the Moon Mountain District. Uh, and the reason that we're here today uh, is Moon Mountain District is hosting an epic event in about a month at Monteroso, uh, a tasting curated and and. Tasting panel uh, led by Antonio Galoni, a tour of Monteroso led by our friend and yours, Brene Royal, uh, and then a, a grand tasting with like 30 different wineries pouring all of their Moon Mountain District wines. Uh, it's going to be amazing. It's the first time we've really done a Moon Mountain District event open to the public like this. Um, but let's talk about Moon Mountain, uh, the history, the old vines that Bedrock gets, the old vines that Phil planted that are were young, once young vines at Cayman's Vineyard. Um, and just talk about why Moon Mountain matters for all these reasons. Um, well, can we kind of just talk about, for people that are listening that don't live here or don't know what Moon Mountain is, because I think even people that live here don't know what exactly are that AVA, what does it encompass, what are the parameters for being for having Moon Mountain on your label? The Moon Mountain District is uh, on the east side of Sonoma Valley. If you look at Sonoma Valley running north, south, up, up uh, um, the 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 uh, up Highway Twelve, the eastern side, eastern slopes is the Moon is the Moon Mountain District, the Mayacamas side. The other side of Sonoma Valley is the Sonoma Mountain AVA, which is the Sonoma Mountain side. Right and. Moon Mountain dis- District goes from 400 feet up to the county line. Uh, it, it goes from Kenwood down to the the, the Napa border at L- in Level Valley. Uh, when it gets further further north, it, it's uh, on. It goes down to 300 feet to be to, to be part of the ABA. Uh, it, in a sense, it's like a mirror image of. Not the Mountain Veter AVA, which is right on the other side of Mount of, of the Mayacamas. Uh, when Mount Veter was 
being designed for an AVA. They had contacted us to join them, but we decided not to and waited. And in 2013, our ABA was 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 passed through the this used to be called BATF whatever it is now TTB TTB, TTB um, and we became official and uh, and and the Moon Mountain District you know Sonoma Valley is the Valley of the Moon as 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 Jacqueline gave us that name and the the Moon Mountain Peak is right above Monterosa and uh, the sort of above Monterosa above Cayman and, and above Moon Mountain Vineyards so. Uh, and so it's this it's a hundred percent volcanic soils. One of the few ABAs that are the only ABA that is a hundred percent volcanic soils. According to at least what Eric Bradley said, it's the only ABA in North America that's entirely volcanic soil. In well, the world. In the world. In the world. Okay. Uh, Other ABA or Mount Edna? Is yeah. What about something? In, what about Sicily? Yeah. What about? In, like at Naroso. Literally all of a camp. Sicily's not in the world. Sicily's not in the world. All right. As, as have, you, Italian, have you, as Northern Italian, have you I, been to Sicily? I, I totally right. agree. It definitely is not Italy. <laughs> it's definitely not Italy. That's for sure. And Phil, before that though, people that made wine up there, they had to put on their label Sonoma Valley. Sonoma right? Valley. And, and that was, um, that was know, our doing. We had a revolution. Yeah, we, we did. We did have a revolution. We got tired of being associated with valley folks when we we're really mountain mountaineers. <laughs> it is a mountain. It, it, it is a, a mountain. It's a different type of farming altogether. Right. And uh, it's a different type of wines. And there's a different, dare I say this, there's dare, a different type dare. of, I can't say it. Absolutely. There's a different type of commitment up there. First, you have to be fucking nuts to plant a vineyard up there and to persevere. But it's just a different type of person that commits to it it is well, it's got to be one hell of a lot harder to work well it, it, it is and you know it, it's an homage in lots of ways to Monterosa. uh Monterosa was originally planted in the, in, in the 1880s by the goldstein family then then louis martini purchased it right right during prohibition and uh now is is, is owned by the gallo family but it is like the heart of the moon mountain district and they got all the dirt they, 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 <laughs> they got no, a lot of dirt. We, have, we have all the dirt on them. No, right. <laughs> no you got all the rocks. They got yeah, all the dirt. Yeah, they got all the dirt. They got all the dirt. They, they, and Monterosa, as the name implies, is, is is the Red Mountain, and the soils on Monterosa are are spectacularly red, uh, iron rich soils. Uh, right behind it, where you have uh, Moon Mountain Vineyards Repre Winery, the soils are so red they're, they're purple. And and when it rains and you get it on the on the, the and you drive your truck through these dirts, you 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 could do, the 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 purple on it looks like the leaves coming out of a barrel of wine, you know. That's why that, you have a white truck. That, that's why I have a white truck and black tires yeah. <laughs> to, to to accent that. Uh, and, and so the, the the soils are totally unique. Uh, you know, while we are part of Sonoma Valley, we look down on them. <laughs> literally. Li- li- literally literally not not no but it, it's it's uh and there's you know there's a multitude of, of slopes aspects elevations and in true sense of terroir there's a there's definitely an attitude of the people who grow grapes up there how hard is it up there i mean you've you said you got to be insane to do it we have to be committed i mean insane and committed 
You have to be committed because there are easier places to grow grapes, but you will not get the fruit that you get growing this. We're on the, first of all, we're on the sunny side of Mount Veeder. So we get the photosynthetic activity um, and never have to really worry about ripening. Um, and then the soils are so variable that you get those complexities up there. Um, if you're planting on the valley floor, you get homogeneity, you get uniformity, it's easier to farm, you know, stuff like that. It's just hard. And the weather up there is harder. And does it ever get hot up there? <laughs> uh, it, yeah. Well, it, it, too hot? It, it does get too hot. Some, uh, <clears throat> it was too hot last vintage. Um but the thing about being in the mountains, we have warmer nights as the fog fills in the valley, the warm air is pushed up into it. But during the heat of the day, the updrafts that come up the canyons do, do act as a, as a cooling factor. So it's a different, different ripening curve. And within the Moon Mountain District, <clears throat> Monte Rosa is in the heart of it between 700 and 1100 foot elevation. Robert's Vineyard goes up to the twelve hundred feet. You know, the top, then you go up to the top of of, of the Moon Mountain District in the Cavedale area, where up where where Silver Cloud uh, and uh, um, Moon Ridge is Corbin Cameron. Corbin Corbin Cameron, and you're, you're close to two thousand foot elevation. That that climate up there is different than the climate, say, at Caymans and Monte Rosa, at Birch, and and the, and the, the heart of it. But that's the that's the beauty of it, you know that that, that you have this complexity that is, is 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 created by the terrain. The great AVAs have a micro terroir to them, right? There's a connection, a through line between all the vineyards of Moon Mountain, but ultimately there's so many different aspects and mix of soils up there that the I think that's the great AVAs, right? Is yeah. that the, you can you can yeah? There's no end to the specificity exactly if you're farming up there and the key to and phil this is a paid political announcement for you <laughs> as usual uh, that's the, what we do here <laughs> the, the key to farming up there is first of all convincing the clients that there are these specific places that have to be farmed differently even in one vineyard but the key to farming there is to be sensitive to the specificity because it does we have places that um, the topography changes literally row to row, literally, and you have to be sensitive to it, and um, so and like, you have to be willing to commit to. Uh, I, I don't mean this pejoratively, Phil, you money sucking son of a bitch, but <laughs> um, I, I don't mean it pejoratively. You have to be you have to be willing to commit um, economically. To doing it, you have to want to to push in every way in order to get that done. Uh, it's just what it is. But can't, the can't cut corners. So there are. But really the result, the results are the results. The results are are extraordinary. Chris, right? I mean, that's I think a real credit to the Gallows and what they're doing up there because that's a huge vineyard. Which Phil, you can understand this. The the level of difficulty just from operationally but also financially 
to farm that vineyard and the commitment up there is it's it's staggering yeah um, all, it, all of us they do it on a huge level yeah you know? yeah and with Brene to an incredibly high level as well um, yeah she's quite involved up there obviously she's quite the leader isn't she uh robert you said something about changing row to row so you don't re- really have blocks within your vineyard that are different it's it literally is row to row yeah i mean literally uh we um robert changes row to row <laughs> <laughs> line to line line to line line, line, to line. Well, that was in the 80s <laughs> <laughs> That's not the lines i was referring we're talking to, about but yes talking about personality <laughs> changes it's how you got the confidence to plant came yeah. in right yeah. <laughs> no when we really didn't know about this when we first planted it phil and i planted it in 83 um, we didn't really know about, it was just planted. And it was only over the course of uh, a number of years that it became apparent that within a, within a row, within um, small spaces, you would have different um, soil types. You just have just different stuff going on because of the, uh, the debris, the volcanic debris. And so... I think we were one of the first people to put double polys on because we it it was hard to get uniformity without being able to control what was going on in small spaces and uh water is one way you can control it. You know when Robert mentions double polys yeah. he's talking about the the drip hoses. You know when when we first planted uh came in a state uh we we we're using what at that point, 40 years ago, was almost new technology of doing drip irrigation. You know, uh, there was lots of times that we would irrigate beforehand uh, with 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 uh, aluminum pipes and overhead sprinklers, even up in, even up in the hills. But the, 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 we we set up drip lines, punched in emitters, and at that point, if that vine at the very end needed water, you'd water the whole the the whole right. row. Right, but but then I, I wish I could say that I, I came up with this by myself. Say it. I didn't. I, I, I tell the truth. <laughs> you, you except can, when we're talking. Except when you send your bill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's not a bill. It's an invoice. <laughs> right. It's a ticket. It's a, it's a ticket. But you know, so by having a, scholarship. A, a secondary irrigation, we could pinpoint the the where the water is delivered. In 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 that row, if some if a vine has, has been taken out by a gopher or a tractor, a replant, if, the, if it's a little rockier, if there's a, a soil discrepancy along that row, you can pinpoint pinpoint it, and that's all part of the evolution of years, using irrigation in the hills. The evolution of what we've done in in the Moon Mountain District is to get specific wines from specific blocks and try to and the, the attention to detail. That to grow up in this area is is, is paramount, and, and you use every trick in the book to create, you know, you know, chaos, you know uniformity out of chaos, because uh, that that's you know winemakers want to have uniform flavors. It's impossible, but you you, you go for that holy grail. How has it differed uh, in the forty years? How has it changed? How has it changed in forty years? Yeah. The rocks have gotten bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Still, still hauling have, them out. Still moving rocks. We, we grow rocks really well. The crazy, crazy thing is that um, you would assume that after years of farming up there, that 
there would be less rocks because you're cultivating all the time. It's exactly the inverse. There were yeah. there literally there there were more rocks. When you take one out, you leave space for two. There were more rocks. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. They figured it out. Well, I'll tell you who figured it out. Okay. Phil figured it out. <laughs> and he figured it out. I'll tell you why. Because at night, at night, he dumps rocks in. Yeah. And then in the morning, he charges you for taking the rocks out. I figured this out when Sam was in his seventh year of college. Yeah. <laughs> he had four more, four more years to go. And he, had four more years. <laughs> and he had four more years to go. Sam, you have a great career there in college, man. I was really good at ten years, um, not graduating college. Uh, uh, procrastination, yeah, procrastinating in college. You know, I was having a good time. Me Couple too. majors, yeah, hundred days a year. At, you should uh, have seen it in the seventies, man. It was really fun. <laughs> well, we did our best. Can we really? Can we quickly touch on why the two of you ended up? Why you ended up having a vineyard <laughs> up in the Moon Mountain AVA, and Phil, how you ended up really truly growing, growing. Being a huge part of the development of the of the AVA, I um, I bought the, I had sold my first screenplay, and I came up here just to get bucked up with friends and celebrate. And this guy took me to the property, and I saw the view of the entire bay. You've been up there, and I I bought it, and then I sold my second screenplay, and I came back up. And I went looking for the guy who grew the weed I smoked, and I found Phil. Excellent. <laughs> how, and then how did you start? When did you start growing grapes up in the Moon Mountain ABA? Uh, I started working at Moon Mountain Vineyards. At, at that point, it was called Glen Ellen Vineyards. Yeah. Mm, and that, yeah. Before it was, then went from there to Carmenet. I started working there in 72, 73. But you weren't planting at that time. I, I, was, I wasn't plant, planting. I was just getting out of college, and uh, uh, I had grown up on Sonoma Mountain and kept looking over at the other mountain range. And uh, when I first went up to, to, to Glen Allen Vineyards, it just blew my mind. Uh, and going through Monte Rosa blew my mind. Uh, the man that, that taught me a lot about growing grapes was a man by the name of Joe Miami, who... Yeah, Joe Miami. That Miami. couldn't be his real name. Joe, Joe <laughs> Miami was cast. <laughs> the writers weren't on strike that week. And, you know, we, we just there, there's a bottle of of uh, Louis Martini, a nineteen seventy seven that Joe Miami oh, grew. Yeah. And, wow. and Joe Miami was a great learned how to grow grapes with Louis Martini. Joe, Joe, Joe Miami was uh, um, bigger a bigger than life character that grew, knew how to grow grapes in the mountains and. It was a lot, and at that point on Sonoma Mountain, I was working in a, in a, in a vineyard, um, and he was a, cons- a consulting at that point. Uh, Is that the connection to what's now Laurel Glen? Yeah, Laurel Glen, okay. and, and it, but it's now part of Laurel, Laurel Glen. It was uh, the Ballinger Vineyard, right? Uh, and, and that was an eight by twelve Cabernet Vineyard, and we, you know, um, it, it slowly replacing some of the Zinfandelas growing up on Sonoma Mountain, right? Uh, but Joe, Joe was my was my mentor, and Taught me, taught me, taught me how to how to deal with the hillside vineyards. What grape grows best up there? All hmm. depends. The the grape <laughs> depends who you talk to. <laughs> All right. What grape grows best? The the, the Cabernet. Uh, you know, for the Cabernet, the, the Cabernet is uh, the centerpiece of it. Zinfandel was was the heritage of that area. Uh, 
if you read Jack London, he talks about riding his horse over from the Beauty Ranch to, into the red the red soils of Monterosa to 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 get old red wines that, that from the barrels in in in, in Monterosa area. Uh, Cabernet was not uh, was planted up in Monterosa, I think, in the thirties. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah. The Louis Martinez Cabernets, which are still on the ground. Louis Cabernets were planted in the thirties. Yeah, right, right after they the bought it. Yeah. That must have been a very fun uh, horseback ride from Glen I think Ellen those Cabernet over. vines may be the oldest Cabernet vines, like a, a block of Cabernet vines. Are they still there? In the, in, yeah, they're, no, still yeah, there. they're still there. I think that's the the oldest block in the country. Yeah. We have Cabernet vines at Bedrock that were planted in eight, And nobody's really sure, Chris, of what the derivation of them was. Some people say it's seven. Some people say it's eight something and then there was then right next to those blocks were the, all these mixed blacks yeah so you didn't know what was going on although it is interesting monoroso and at least our block is for the age is pretty dominated by zin like compared to bedrock yeah which is 28 varieties it's a pretty majority <laughs> zinfandel now, block now was, was that because but, it was such a heavy producer i, I don't because I mean, they weren't growing for they were growing for wanted it right well and they were also though in they were also trying to make california claret right it was after you know and this is i'm quoting my morgan on this because he did a whole dissertation yeah he literally did a dissertation on this but they were trying to make california claret right they were trying to get away from the mission sort of wines pre-flocks instead of making california burgundy right well that was the other one they would make too burgundy yeah well i mean that was the other one they make which was more petite syrah which morgan always jokes that you know petted syrah the the Petit Syrah, yeah. the darker variety was the Burgundy and Zinfandel lighter in color was the Claret, which he always says was like, you you kind of, that's an idea of what kind of Burgundies the States were getting at that time. You know, a lot of Algerian Syrah in the quote unquote Burgundies <laughs> that we were getting in the States. But I, to your original question, John, of like what variety grows best up there, I think one of the cool things and you know, you could see it in the old martini wines that I've been lucky enough to have a lot of. The wines always feel like at Monoroso, feel like Monoroso first and then the yeah. variety second. You know, so the you can have a, comes through. Yeah, is, you can have you can have a Zinfandel, you can have a Cabernet, you can even have the old Barberas from up there in, in mm-hmm. Monoroso. And they all you can see a kinship but where that is, sight overcome but is bigger than variety. That's also a mark of the ABA, right. Chris. Exactly, is that the? It's amazing the um, interconnection of where the whatever your winemaking style is. Yeah, there is an interconnection to what's going on up there, and I I do attribute that to uh, aspect to being on the sunny side of Mount Peter, and to the. You know all the the volcanic detritus you got there. Yeah, yeah. debris. When you debris. when when you planted Cayman, how many acres were planted? Right, Monterosa was big. That's like two hundred fifty acres. But how many acres were planted in that mid eighties? We what planted. Now? We first we planted twenty two. But total for the whole AVA, how many? Like oh, how man. much has oh, it expanded oh in uh, the last forty years? It has tripled in the last forty years, at least. Yeah. You know, you you at, at the at that point uh, when when we did Caymans and in, in, started Caymans in eighty three. You had Monterosa and um, Moon Mountain, Moon Mountain, which was sixty acres. Yeah, uh, and then Hanzel, which was d- done in the fifties. Um, 
same soil, same ashes, the, the beautiful red, 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 red soils. And, and actually, Hansel will be at the tasting yeah. also. Uh, and that was done in the 50s. And then there was a smattering of grape. Then you would have to almost jump to to the northern part where where, uh, uh, where the Cundies had had their their vineyards. There Monticello. was Monticello, Monticello, then the Nuns Canyon, um, but there was not a lot of a lot of vineyards yeah. at that point. When when I got here, there were all you heard about were the bigger plantings, and there were only four of them. Right, right. There were four of them, and it was only it was probably ten years later that people started venturing up and planting smaller, uh, discrete plots. And a lot of people, um, planted Cabernet because it was the, it was the fashion, but also it's where the money is. Who were those four? There was Monterosa. There was Moon Mountain. There was Hansel and there, I don't know. Guns Candy. Candy. There was some Gundy. Gundy. And Cundy. Wild okay. Wild, wild and, the Ken, and Kenwood stuff like Montecito, which, yeah, but Vendimia, which yeah. was a shard vineyard. Yeah, they had Al- yeah. Up on Elegant Road, Altoriori that yeah. had uh, was, was yeah, Guns but there Candy wasn't on. much. And then Saint Francis planted in the nineties, was it? Yeah. Nuns Canyon. When N- did they plant that? No, Nuns Canyon was was planted earlier than that. Uh, as Chris was saying, there was that whole uh, slope going from Wildwood on the Highway 12 up up to. Al Torriori's place. Uh, Al Torriori was another name with Joe Miami in the same. Well, <laughs> on the run Sicilian. from one country, shows up in another. Al Torriori was a rock star from uh, from the twenties and thirties in San Francisco. A band called the Vagabonds. I know this because he was a friend of, of your grandfather's. Okay. Uh, Al Torriori sounds like somebody that Harry Couturri was hanging out with. And, sure. and <laughs> you know they they, they, they had they, they hunted. They had their deer hunt, their camp up at Torriori's. That they'd come up with Monterosa from uh, uh, Wildwood, and you know and, uh, there was probably a little bit of drinking going on at that, at that point in time. But that's a, just maybe a, a beautiful slope of all beautiful red soils going going up to Monterosa, where this 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 under the wire, this under the sh- so that's you know the future and the present, uh, present for sure of of Moon Mountain District is is Cabernet. Uh, for the record, and because we didn't bust out a bottle of Cayman and there's a bottle of 16600 inside, there's one, two, three, four, five, six bottles open on the table, one cab, a Chardonnay, a Marsan, and three Zinfandels. Um, and, and Chris, this is why I wanted you here today. Well, many reasons. Just <laughs> because it's good to have two really dastardly handsome people on the table. Um it's like looking in a mirror. But right the now. history of, of you look like George Santos too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're it's gonna the weirdest one. We're ever. gonna both shave and be George Santos for Halloween. <laughs> God help me. <laughs> and and be Jewish. And be Jewish, <laughs> right? And Brazilian. And Brazilian <laughs> and, at the same time. And hedge fund owners or something. Yeah, <laughs> just absolute liars. Um, well, the George Santos section of this podcast is fantastic. Um, you guys uh, at Bedrock slash Under the Wire make what three or four five different wines from moon mountain district monteroso will you just kind of go through that list because you know certainly at the tasting in in june cab will be the star um but the history of it and the reason that let's talk about those vineyards and and how they've survived and and the wines you make from them a little bit yeah i i obviously i the core the first wines um that bedrock made off monteroso 
which was 2008, was actually Semiol, okay. um, which was actually Morgan and I's first ever pick together because that was my first harvest. So. And what year was this? Those are the oldest Semion vines maybe in the world? I think, there, I think there may be one or two in Australia that are older, but yeah, it's, I mean, 1886 plantings. 800-ish feet actually overlooks Bedrock Vineyard. So that that block in particular where he has like the whole Moon Mountain AVA has like a sentimental feel to me that I, I there's where so many Where did that Simeon come from? You know, I mean a chem, that's what they'll say, you know, because right. when the legend becomes fact, print the legend. Right. But <laughs> that's an old John Ford quote that I love, but yeah, so that was where it all started for us with Bedrock and Moon Mountain was that old fine semi-op in Monterosso. Then in 2010, we added Zinfandel from Monterosso from the old vine Zinfandels, which was actually Joel's old block that he made Monterosso from, from Ravenswood from 93 until 2002. So just by happenstance, Morgan ended up getting the same block that his dad worked with, which is very cool. And if you ever get to have a chance of one of Joel's old Monterosos there. Joel, if you're listening uh, anytime, just let me know. Yeah. They're, they're really, they're really special examples of Monteroso. And then we went to Montecito Vineyard in 2013, which we have on the table. And then we also uh, farm a vineyard called Alta Vista, which is in like the Southern Moon Mountain That's district. That's Cherokee Road, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, about a thousand feet. Um, and it's 1940s-ish Gewürztraminer. So again, we think the oldest vine Gewürztraminer in the country, a little tiny two and a half acre vineyard that was abandoned for a couple of years yeah. that we actually had to re- do a lot of restoration on. Um, it For a couple of years there, it was by far the most expensive fruit that came into the winery. <laughs> like It's like, oh, that's $13,000 Gewürztraminer per ton. Yeah, but they, you know what? There's, um, I saw some gourds in northern Napa Valley. Yeah. Oh, it was a popular, it, a popular grape be, back in the day. They yeah. were growing uh, like prunes and, and gourds. Yeah, I, I mean, and, you know, on Alta Vista, which is, a, again, tiny production. Actually, now Kathy Corson is making some altivistic Gewürztraminer, which is very cool. Um, Help bring those fruit costs down a little bit. Well, hopefully bring <laughs> them up, yeah. Bring at least the bottle price up because what's cool, and you'll see this in Monterosa as well, but with altivista, because sometimes Morgan and I kind of think about Gewürztraminer that it could be a little ungapashka, like almost too much, blessed with like, you know, it could be really weighty and waxy and not have like the freshness that we're necessarily looking for. Because the malics are so high, typically up at – up up there and in, I think in Monterosa as but well. But is it economically viable? Oh, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Still, yeah. Right? Look at us talking. <laughs> well, I have a day Economic, job. Economic viability. But you're, on, but, you're on strike. No, no, I have a day job. <laughs> but because of that high Malix, the Gewürztraminer that we get from there, because we don't let it go through malolactic, it has all those aromatics, but it still has cut to it. And I think that's one of the great things about the Moon Mountain AVA in, Moon Mountain AVA in general is the the brightness the wine's going to have as well. Um, and then, so yeah, Monteroso, uh, Montecio, Alta Vista. And then for a couple of years, we made um, Chewy Chardonnay into both still and to bubbles, mm-hmm. which some I people would know as- the economics, Chris, because uh, as this business evolves, it gets to be more and more expensive. Yes. And-, and when it gets to be more and more expensive, you might want to exercise your passions, but your passions are not economically viable in the market, which is why a lot of people push towards Cabernet. Yeah. You know, 
it's Cabernet is king, you know, and um, and we have our, our, the adjoining valley to Sonoma has uh, definitely made a reputation for Cabernet, and that's one of the reasons why the Moon Mountain District Cabernets, when they were reviewed for a lot of time, was always included in the, in the Napa issue. We planted but, you yeah. and I planted Sangiovese though. Yeah, we planted. Well, yeah, we planted San. No, we planted Cabernet, then cut it over to Sangiovese, then got it, brought it back to yeah, to the Cabernet. Because Cab- it, economically, it wasn't wasn't viable. And the Sangiovese was spectacular. It was one of my favorite favorite wines I've ever had in my life is a '97 Cassandra Vittoria uh, Sangiovese. Oh, I, obviously, he hasn't been dipping into your Burgundy right. cellar. Well, well and that's <laughs> why that, that's I think it's important yeah. to preserve. You know, obviously, you're right. Cabernet is king and the most economically viable variety out of any as variety. the land gets more expensive as but the farming gets more expensive i think for example this going back to great varieties of moon mountain i think the semillon from that old block at monterosso is one of the the greatest wines that can be made off off mm. off the ava and again credit to the galas because they could easily <clears throat> rip up that old vine semillon block or the old vines ends and plant more cabernet but i think it's i think it's important too to have some diversity up there of variety. Um, well, A, just because I think it's cool, but I think also having a little diversity of variety so you can see the kinship of the terroir between Zinfandel and Cabernet, for example. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I, I just think that, um, look, we we grow Viognier. We grow it to co-ferment exactly. with, with the Syrah, but right. we, we bottle v, uh, Viognier 23, uh, one barrel. Right, right. There's no reason. I could, I could, I could accept art. Except art's a, a deli in the valley in San Fernando. But <laughs> I, I, but I, I, I do because of exactly what you just said. Yeah, we bottle it. I mean, there's no reason for it. We but we bottle the juice because it's fucking spectacular. Exactly. Well, and and that's you know to 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 give a plug to to June third. You know the, the the Moon Mountain Grand Tasting. You know we are doing a master class on on Cabernet, but those thirty different wineries that will be pouring there, you're gonna you're gonna be able to see that diversity. You know and and and, and taste know, and, and t- yeah. see it. You know that's the most important part, John. Thanks for reminding me. And, and, look at those and, wines. I bet and, you they're delicious. <laughs> they look good. And only for for five dollars on the table, you can taste them. Exactly. <laughs> but no, it, it is you know, it, and what we've said a lot about here. We keep talking about the history of where, where we're growing grapes, uh, and, and you know the history of how how did this come about? It, it's you know, grape growing relies on history, re- relies on, on 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 the techniques uh, passed down from Joe Miami to, 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 uh, to myself and to other, other folks, the, 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 because we got we have to honor the, the area that we grow and, and we have to try to understand it. And the thing about, you know, uh, every vintage, you learn something new and, and that's, and that's what, that's what we're doing up there. And that's why we're, we're, instead of blending these wines into Valley grown fruit, we're, do, we're, we're bottling the uniqueness of an area. So you talk about the past. What about the future up there? What's going to happen in the next 10 and 20 years? Well, well the wines are going to get better. Uh, 
more recognition, I think, for sure. Because the I vines think. are older. I'm and, just I'm not talking about Monterosa, yeah. Chris, but every place around it, all the replantings, everything that Phil has applied, and he, he he's doing sixty percent of the farming up there. Is that really true? No. <laughs> Let the legend be until the legend. Once the legend is fast, print the legend. We're doing a little bit of marketing for Phil Caturi's enterprise. Vineyard. It is, but you know. Uh, however, but but thirty percent for real. But there's fifty. There's about a, whole acres. Of it. There's a whole bunch of. There's a whole bunch of. Yeah, it is about five hundred. And I yeah. think that with the um, the better farming techniques, the better clonal selections. And the attention to detail and figuring out what we got up there. And again, I'm leaving Monterosa out of it because it's a, it's a, it's, it's its, its own mini state. That you're going to see better. Queen, and, and now Queen people Royal. have gotten people have gotten they've gotten the bit in their in their teeth, and they are people are going for it. And you'll get better wines. And you're you you're right about mentioning economic viability because. As we all know, that is an important part to farming environmentally sustainable. And yeah. you have to have economic sustainability. But I think, and you both have seen the recognition of Moon Mountain AVA, that it is part of Mount Veter and that is one of the great places to grow grapes. And just because it has Sonoma on the label, you know, I think the the consumer and collector is going to continue to realize that yeah, the, I mean the wines aren't cheap, but I do feel that there's incredible value. The value, yes, the to value be had there. up there, you know, compared to some other potentially. You know, when Mark came, Mark Harold, our winemaker, came to make wine. He's been with us now for 22 vintages. Wow. He came really, yeah. Oh, wow. he, he came and he said he wanted to make wine there uh, because if you know Mark, he is not. He's not financially driven by anything. <laughs> he wanted to make wine to prove this because somebody put a geographical line on a geological formation, meaning one side of Mount Vitor is Napa, one side of Mount Vitor is Sonoma, that you can only grow better over on that side of the line and not this side. And he, I mean, he was, he said this to me. I was very impressed. I thought that was a great rap, yeah. but he was serious about it. He said, why, why? He said, look, look what you have here and look what you have there. What, why? Because somebody made a map. That was one of my favorite things when Galoni, who's going to be moderating the right. seminar, uh, when Antonio was doing the maps and he did the map of Mount Veter. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, I really appreciate that you didn't do like the Sonoma side and the Napa side. And his response was, well, it's a mountain. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, why would you separate it based on which yeah, exactly. water flows? Like, exactly. it is a mountain. The the difference, actually, the difference is the light and the right. sun, right? Yeah, and that's totally. the difference. East versus but, west. But um, it was the first time I had heard that when when Mark uh, when Mark said it, uh, and and it's always stuck with me. And now that lots of other people are doing up there, yeah. Uh, you're going to see, uh, I predict, you know, within a decade, these wines are going to be internationally recognized. Yeah. I, I, I think that decade is happening right now. Yeah. I do too. Yeah, yeah. I was at the New York wine experience uh, last year yeah, why, and people why, why, were talking. Why, why were you there? Why were you there? Oh, I was on the cover of the Wine Spectator. Didn't I, I tell you? I'm, is, um, that a, is that a new, I never heard that publication. Uh, uh, is uh, it important? Uh, anyway, <laughs> there, there were people there, actually people there who Five years ago, would never have mentioned Moon Mountain, Moon Mountain District. 
and people, you've seen this, Chris, you've seen it in the market. Totally. So, well, and, and then, you know, in, in, in 10 years, in the last 10 years, there's been such a refinement in, in, in farming and <laughs> <laughs> it's photo time guys. Did, did anybody bring their copy? I can autograph. <laughs> and you know, the, 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 I always have three in the car of Morgan yeah. and Joel. Do you? Yeah, always. Sign? Yeah, yeah, yeah sign. Yeah. <laughs> I, I keep it's one. called I, swag you could give right, right in front of my bed there's one also <laughs> deftly maneuvered in there to say that uh, Joel and Morgan were on the cover of Wine Spectator before other the, people were that's what they paid me the big bucks for <laughs> well you know it's coming down for the charcuterie uh, Phil you mentioned 30 different people uh, well, wineries um, mm-hmm. uh, talking at this seminar let's get into the seminar yeah, itself and what's going on alright so here's here are the, the members and I imagine everybody's going to be pouring Be Wise Hansel. Cayman, Corbin Cameron, Cundy, Las Madronas, which I, I don't know, uh, Lassiter Family, Louis Martini, obviously, Moon Hollow, Moon Mountain Vineyard, which is Reprie, Pangloss, which is part of the Reprie family, uh, Sepio Vineyards, Valley House, those are Valley House's Simon's Vineyard, uh, Stone Edge Farm, Theorem, Ty Caton, 16600, Bedrock, uh, Gun Gagnon Kennedy. I said I didn't say that right. Gunnon Kennedy. Oh. Uh, Gale Wines, our friend Dan O'Brien. Uh, Hill of Tara, friend of the podcast, Danny Danny Fay. Jam Dubois, Kokomo, Lambert Bridge. Um, MDC, that's um, under the chat. I don't ever say it right, right? Yeah, Alex and Marty, they're uh, incredible wines. Muscardini, Robert Bialy, Sojourn Cellars are all uh, members what? who are going to be there pouring wine. Um, the event, um, just if you Google Reach for the Moon with Antonio Galoni, you can find it. It's on Eventbrite. It's also on the moonmountaindistrict.org website. Uh, the Grand Tasting um, is... So the Grand Tasting is all those wineries that we listed, that I just listed. The seminar, the um, the master class. Let me find it here. Hey, Chris, this does not suck. Yeah, I mean, I think there's <laughs> one other person... Can I skip it and leave anybody out? No, no, under no. under the wire. I think <laughs> that's what only, I said. only twice, but okay. <laughs> uh, no, I think another important person, right? Because there is a pioneering sort of, even though obviously there's a long, you know, the Goldsteins were the the first yeah. pioneers of the mountain on the Sonoma side. Um, but then I think it is you can't talk about the Moon Mountain AVA without you and you Phil and you Robert, but you also kind of can't talk about it without Chewy Ordez, yeah. you know, who was on that Kenwood side, that yep. more Northern side and, yep. and planted a lot of the original vineyards who was for that? Kenwood. Chewy. 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 Oh, Chewy. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he planted Montecito vineyard, which is on the table. He planted the shard that under the wire came from in the early seventies. You know, he was planting vineyards when he was really young, great guy up too. on the mountain. Well, I mean, one of the, one of the best smiles and, in the business. How sure. many times did he get sent back to Mexico? It was a like lot. four or yeah, five. Yeah, he really, he, I mean, it's, it's an incredible story. And I, I was just talking about it on our podcast, but if you can go read the you have a podcast? Esther Mobley. <laughs> you have a podcast too? <laughs> Bedrock Line Conversation. Subscribe and like and uh, review. Hoy, hoy, and welcome. Uh, hoy, hoy, and welcome. You're not allowed to drink on his podcast though, so I'm going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I like to get people lubricated before it starts. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think Chewy is also a huge part of the pioneering sort of story of, of the Moon Mountain AVA. And, and well, and then, you know, the Cundies in Wildwood. Yeah, exactly. Ken, Mike Lee and, and, and Mike, Mike Lee and John Sheila. Yep. Yep. You know, the, the, from Kenwood Winery, you know, uh, uh, you know Wildwood Winery, there's the old winery building. Yeah. There. 
Monterosa, there's the old winery building. Yeah, yeah. You know, there, there, there's there's so much history uh, in in this um, this strip of, of 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 mountain range, and as you said, Chewy in the north, we're we're in the, the, the sort of more in the central. Yeah, bar, you know. Um, Bernie Mosier, right? Bernie Mosier, who 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 worked at what was Glen Allen Vineyards, and Harris D, you know the the uh, was part of Moon, the Moon Mountain District, right? You know, and, and so the, the and that that's where the Zinfandel came from. I mean, it's just cool too, though, to think that like we, you know, obviously you can talk about some of the pioneers, but also at this event, people are going to get to come up and meet some of the pioneers that are still around like you guys, you know, and, 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 you know, it's not Jeff like, Baker. It's not like yeah. this long, it's not like we're looking back five generations, no. like you're going to be there. And yeah. that's pretty, pretty cool. And the diversity of styles of wine that people are producing, that's going to be at the tasting. I mean, it's, yeah. But once again, what you rep. said in the beginning of the podcast, there is an interconnectivity totally through, you know, whether it's Eric making the wines you making the wines, Mark Harold making the wines. There is something about these. Like I said, I was at this event and people knew it and not only knew it, but knew the diversity of wines from it. And this five years ago, this did not, this was not around. It's, um, I, I just think it's really interesting to, um, see how, um, the agriculture and the vinification of the wines is now coinciding with a an awareness in the market. Yeah, for I mean, specific a specific region. I mean, look who you know Montecito Vineyard just changed ownership. Um, Stewart Family Wines, and you know they're a Napa based winery. You know they're they make Tokalon. You know, and they when they were buying their first vineyard, they crossed that county line, and not, I think, you know, it was because they knew the quality of the vineyard. Um, and it didn't matter that it was on well, the look at how we and credit to Blair too, because he is keeping the old vines in the ground up there, you know, like that's, he's being, well, that's really super important, which is, you know, those vines, which are some of the oldest Cabernet Sauvignon vines in, in the state, like Blair wasn't like, Oh, we're going to rip this up and do tight spacing. And Has genetic that, testing been done on those things? Uh, I mean, like, uh, like confirming that it's Cabernet. Yeah, I mean, it's kind but of- that's it. No, nothing beyond that. No, yeah, you know when um, when we hired Mark, he was the first Napa guy to cross the line. Now that line has blurred. Yeah, which it should. It's. American. I mean, you may you're making wines all over the place. Yes, but but it it yeah, yeah no. I mean, you you you're in five different counties, uh, but ten 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 different <laughs> counties. I'm Santa sorry, Barbara to Mendocino. Yeah, 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 but but before that, you did not find those quote unquote Napa winemakers yeah. crossing the line. Now that line has totally blurred. Look, Phil is selling fruit to all these people out of the Rossi ranch. Real recognizes real and quality recognizes quality. Well, that's what happens yeah. is people are following the fruit. Yeah. yeah. Winemakers search for great fruit. Consumers search for great wines. And I think that, you know, again, the, the, the little plug, this is what you'll be tasting on, 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 on June 3rd. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Moon Mountain District, uh, it, 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 you'll walk away with a new understanding of a, of a unique AVA. And so, also you're going to be in Monte Rosa, which is one of the most right. staggeringly beautiful Unbelievable. places. Yeah, yeah. It really is. I mean, it's... it's. Let's talk a little bit about the format of this tasting event. 
um, 30 people. That's a, a lot. And I assume you're going to get out in the fields. Isn't there a tour of yeah, fields? Yeah, so there's, there's two levels of, uh, of ticket out there. One is the master class and the tasting, and one's just the tasting, the grand tasting. Um, and so the master class is moderated by Antonio Galoni. The panelists are Jeff Baker, Eric Bradley, Mark Harold, Daniela Langlois, Lasseter family, Damn. and Mark Williams from Louis Martini, as well as uh, Phil Caturi, of course. Uh, and then... And Morgan, too, right? Uh, is Morgan on the Masterclass also? Oh, I didn't scroll down further. You're right. Jason Jardine from Hands Out. Yeah, Jason. Morgan, Morgan Twain Peterson, MW from Bedrock Winery and Under the Wire, and Jason Kessner from... Kistler Vineyards. Another thing we didn't even talk about. Kistler, you know, one of the legacy brands of Sonoma County, starts in Moon Mountain making Chardonnay. An incredible Chardonnay. Incredible Chardonnay. Incredible. Uh, and and then after the grand tasting, um, Brene is going to, for the people who have the grand tasting tickets, get a tour led by Brene through Moon Ma- through Monterosso Vineyard. And then after that uh, is the tasting and again the wineries confirmed for the tasting uh bedrock bialy bwise deconstanzo gagnon kennedy gale hansel hilatara john dubois cayman estate kokomo corbin cameron cundy lambert bridge lassiter louis martini muscardini pangloss repri sojourn stone edge ty caton theorem and last but not least winery 16600 <laughs> It's a mouthful. It's amazing. It so takes your breath away. You're going to get it. out in the fields. You'll be able to to see what everybody else is doing. How many people farm up there? I mean, uh, who who you, you say thirty are speaking? There, there's fifteen hundred acres under under vine in the Moon Mountain District. And how many uh, vintners get through that? Phil, Chewy, Over, and Gallo. Those are the big three. The big three. But but there's you know there, there's you know twisted vine. If you drive up. Uh, uh, Trinity Road. There's a lot of small producers. Petroni. Uh, Petroni. Uh, and, and, you know, the, 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 there's a lot of different, and, and this is the beauty of this tasting. You'll be able to taste some of these unique small production wines. And having, you know, the, I think it's, it's such, it's an exciting event to, to have Jason Jardine coming in from Hansel talking about what he's doing over there. Take, taking Fucking this. Fucking incredible. Yeah. We just yeah. had him on our podcast too. Yeah. And like, it's, and I know he was on this podcast. A couple years before you got him, but no, yeah. no, no, oh, who's counting? <laughs> no, but like, he is such a, I mean, I would love to have dinner with the two of you. Cause that, that would actually get me to shut up. <laughs> there would be zero talk of wine or farming. It would all be talk of, uh, music concerts and other uh, inebriants. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea, though. Well, okay. That sounds like a fun. For time. all yeah. the listeners out there, definitely go introduce yourself to Jason. And yeah, he's what, what he's doing guy. with regenerative farming. Yeah, and, and uh, the, the, you know, having such an historic estate. Again, that started in nineteen fifty. I know nineteen fifty two because that was the year I was I was born. Uh, and Hansel and those pinos. The, the, there's and one of the most incredible tastings I had was with Bob Sessions at one time. Wow. You know, going through there 30 different vintages of Hans Alpinos. Spectacular. Yeah. You know, um, and, and so that th- there's, there's, there's such rich history and there's such rich, rich wines and uh, needless to say, Bunch of different characters and a bunch of crazy characters. The uh, unique. Uh, oh, that's what makes it even more special. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, you were asking about uh, talking about the past and what about the future? 
And of course, the future is stands on the past. But there is a demar. I feel there's a demarcation here going on in that an elevation of winemaking and viticulture uh, in this place. It's kind of like the there was the first revolution of planting Monterosa, right? Unique. Nobody was doing this. The first this, famous mountain vineyard in California. These guys, yep. these guys went up there, and but they saw, they didn't plant anyplace else. They looked at that, and they said, oh, and the wines that have come off there forever, et cetera. The second iteration was when Ambassador Zellerbach came up and said, oh, I'm going to make Burgundy here, here. And people said, nuts. And his wife said, I want nothing to do with it. And then he died and she really did want nothing to do with it. But, <laughs> but that was the second, that was the second iteration of it. Yeah. And then it sort of went through a lull. And then little, there were little things happening, little things <laughs> happening. And then people started showing up in the late seventies, early eighties and start, and that was the third iteration. And what we're seeing now is the third iteration of this area. Well, I think too, if you're talking about any great wine region, there's always this fusion of the older pioneering generation with young people getting excited about making their wines, right? And Absolutely. Like you, you see such a historic estate like Hanzel or historic vineyard like Monterosso, but then you also see Corbin up there, right? Like it's, it's cool to see that it's a mix of perspectives. That's why I'm saying it's the third iteration. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a vibrant place. It's really delineated. I mean, can you imagine coming up in 1880 and this was a wilderness. You had to get up here on horse. It was a wilderness. And some guy looked at Monterosso and said, I want to buy from here to here and I'm going to clear it Yeah, because it was a grocer. all. Yeah. yeah. A grocer going to a, a yeah. cultivar. It w- I mean, and, and we do have to credit a particular group of people that, you know, we always say like, Oh, Emmanuel Goldstein planted a Monterosso or, you know, William, you know, Senator George Hearst planted bedrock vineyard. But then the reality was it's Chinese yeah. right. labor. And the, it, right? well, the like reality we, was there are people who got dirty and there's right. potentially people that, you know, sacrifice their lives to plant some of those vines. And like, I think maybe that's also kind of an underappreciated part of, you know, Sonoma Valley history, but even just Sonoma wine history in general is that a lot of those vines, most of those vines were, were Chinese labor up there. So they, they're the ones that really put in their blood, sweat and tears to plant those vines up there. And it is, it, I mean, that was before excavators, Chinese walls, you know, know, it was before, it was before, you know, it was dynamite probably. Well, you talk about Chinese walls, right? These guys built all these walls. There's all those walls all over your property. Oh no, those are oh. those are Mexican walls. No, no, no. No, the old ones before. The old ones before, the old ones before were Chinese where walls. All these. It was like yeah. it was sheep. Yeah, they were sheep, and they walled off the pastures with yeah. building all with, these rock walls. Rock. That yeah. still you can still see remnants of, and especially after the fire when all the you know brush. Well, was when you come right in through the gate, you right. see them there on both sides. Right. Yeah, without 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 the Chinese labor, the original. Moon Mountain AVA wouldn't Chinese slave labor man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were indentured. It's you know. not. The, it's not the. You know, it's not. The, hey, go to the Moon Mountain district. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't need to be acknowledged. You know, they're yeah. part of the history of the place. And the second part of that is, you could not go over the Golden Gate Bridge. You had yeah. to take a train, a ferry, and then a horse thing. Okay. I mean, when you know, the Golden Gate Bridge was built in what? The 1937? 1934? Yeah, 37. I mean, 
So, yeah. I mean, you know, oh, no, 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 no. It went to get up here was hard work, hard work, you know, day of travel. Yeah. It was big travel and bringing labor up here and materials up here. It wasn't like, yeah, okay, we'll go to Freeman Brothers. Right. <laughs> yeah. Central Valley. <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't, right. it didn't happen. <laughs> so, but what I was talking about, Chris, is the, the iterations of, of this place and who, and like you said, the labor. And there's Bonnie, the who, who founded it. What there were three, three iterations of vision. I mean, as crazy as you want to call it, vision. There were three, and we are the third wave of it. Yeah. Um, it just it's interesting. And now, because of the incredible proliferation of wine in culture. And the appreciation of fine wines, we get to play in the Garden of Eden of wine. That must be a lot of fun. Seriously. Are you having fun yet, Robert? I, I wake up having fun. And then, <laughs> and then Phil calls. <laughs> and then the invoice. Actually, Phil's nickname is the invoice. <laughs> it's the ticket to stardom, right? What's the biggest challenge, Phil, that you've encountered farming up after 40 plus years or whatever. <laughs> Getting people to pay the invoice. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the biggest challenge, you know, every, every vintage has its own challenges. You know, uh, our biggest challenge right now is, is, is definitely cl climate change or climate accelerated climate change. Um, you know, there, there's, you know, there's, there's a constant challenge and it's the challenges have become a way of life, right? You know, and uh, and and dealing with 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 a, a hillside vineyard, um, you know, I have two two new knees because of it, you know, uh, or and the the old timers had to walk with limbs. So you know, uh, there, there's there's a complexity that that that, that occurs, but you know, the the the, the, the challenge is. Uh, is getting the fruit always gets ripe. We that's what I always said. That we did have fires, you know. So you're 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 dealing with Mother Nature at at at, at its worst and at its best. And so that the the biggest challenge is dealing with nature, you know. And you celebrate nature. I I I, I celebrate the climate, uh, and the 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 biggest challenge is just figuring out how to interpret it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's a point of why diversity and not just Cabernet is important up there because it's a good hedge, right? Like we're picking Monterosa's Zinfandel two to three weeks before we're picking the Cabernet, you know, so having a little diversification up there considering with climate change and the fire risk. Yeah, if you have the, the luxury of that, yeah. it's interesting that people, you say that and I, I was, I, I first became aware of it in this in the fires is that there were people who got their fruit in before because they had things that ripened quicker than what we had and um 
And so we're planting half the vineyard over to early ripening Zinfandel and uh, and Gewurz. A lot of Gewurz. You're planting Gewurz? No, oh, get joking. the fuck no. out of here. What are you, crazy? Forget, <laughs> I just gave you this whole diatribe up, up, about up. money and economics, and I'm going to plant Gewurz. But I think all of these got to go to college, man. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's not It's not just It's it's not just Moon Mountain, though. I think it's that's going to be kind of the future as well, going back to sort of the future. You know what? California is going to have to diversify what people are. I hear this more and more. People yeah. are talking about this. And I think my, you know, younger generations are more, are going to continue to be more open to not just Cabernet and Chardonnay. You know, I think they're, I well, think they're seeing people more who and more. are more um, open to experimenting and younger people. I'm just saying, Robert, a little Norello Mascalese up there, volcanic soils. I'm not a younger person. <laughs> <laughs> You know, bring, uh, I'm getting another just, hip just replacement. You know what? You know, hey, let me say something about Norello, <laughs> Mascarello and Norello uh, Cappuccino. Yeah. I love buying it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. It wines. would be really cool. I love it when you open them. <laughs> well, well, the first time when I first came up here, Dan uh, Goldsmith, Dan Gold, Goldfield. Goldfield. Dan Goldfield came to me, takes me aside. He said, Dutton Goldfield. He said, Tempranillo, it's the future. <laughs> and Marco De Giulio is with us, and he said he has to be home at the institution in a couple of hours. <laughs> Tempranillo, it's Norello. I'm going to plant lots of that, right? Or some Viora. I mean, ironically, <laughs> that when we got first vintage of, you know, this is me negotiating contracts without talking to Morgan first is a is a historical precedent because in 2013 when. I went to pick up the grapes at Montecito, our, our first vintage, and I'm hanging out with Chewy and Karen's there and Corinne, um, Lee, and I'm like looking at the view. I'm tasting the grapes as they're getting picked. Chewy's there, which always puts you in a good mood when you're hanging around Chewy. And I was like, I was like, you know, what's happening with these grapes next year? And she was like, who are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm Chris. I'm, uh, and she, I'm at Bedrock. And you know, what do you do for Bedrock? And I was like, oh, I'm a partner. I was like, what do you think about what do you think about doing a three-year evergreen on this? And I'll give you a 20% price bump per ton. And, you and said, she was like, she's like, you're a partner? She's like, I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, I guess you can negotiate. Done. We shook, <laughs> we shook hands and then loaded up the fruit. And I'm driving down, you know, pretty sketchy road, making sure my air brakes don't go. Morgan on the phone being like, Hey, uh, Hey Morgan. Um, so I just agreed to a three year evergreen contract with a 20% fruit price for ton bump. He's like, wait, what did you do? 20% I'm like, I'm like, I promise. Oh, I, God, promise. I got a lot of fruit for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I promise Morgan, this is going to be a great, great buy. But yeah. So now, you know, three acres in a row mask. Well, you guys have managed to make a great market out of small lots. Yeah, yeah, we're we're and lucky. A lot of diversification. We're lucky yeah. and stuff. Well, you're lucky, but you worked really hard. Yeah. Like, when when did I meet you? Uh, 2005. Yeah, in a, in a wine shop. It was like 19 and, or 20 in yeah. a wine shop, yeah. and now you basically have um, a lot of sirens. You know, invented this business. Well, I'm 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 lucky to have Morgan. Well, the two of you, you know, but he's I not mean, here, so he's I lucky can, to have you. I yeah. can throw shade. But yes, like, we're I also lucky that people out there are lo- go on the journey with us. You know, that's very, that's a lot of fun too. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a lot of work to do what you did. Yeah. I mean, thank uh, you. Robert. Some of the stuff you make is, uh, you know, it's marginal. Yeah. It's easy. Sure. <laughs> it is. It's marginal. They're marginal brands. You've got to sell this stuff. Yeah. Marginal varietals. Yeah. Marginal varietals. Or places. Sorry. I mean, you know, yeah. Thank you. But, but I mean, that's the thing too. You are, some would have said that 
the Sonoma side of Mount Veter was more of a quote unquote marginal place. You know? Oh no, that's the first and, thing and, I heard. And you know, now it's now it's not. Now it's, that's the first thing I heard. Yeah, our, our ripening curve is definitely different. Than- Second thing I heard is. You're planting organic. You hired that guy, that hippie guy. I heard that. <laughs> Is there a tie dye T-shirt? You're going to charge how much for a bottle of wine? Yeah, yeah. you know, we heard a lot of things. So, yeah. uh, well, you know, we George, were over. Go. We were over in uh, in Napa last week with uh, um, Andy Beckstoffer. Did he sue you? No, not yet. We Uh, haven't released the episode yet. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, therein comes that whole pricing issue. You know, I mean, what he's done over there, obviously getting a fair shake or more than fair shake for the growers, um, you know, and and getting things, you know, where, where he wanted them to go. Uh, What do you see in the future for Moon Mountain like that? Is it, is it just a continually spiraling cost? Is it, is it? We're we're on we're on the radar. We're on the radar. Things are looking up. We're on the radar. Um, People people who have come here are now are super serious about making the wines. And if you get super serious people who are willing to commit time, money, and energy to it, you're going to get better wines. And our name is out there. Like I said at this event, people are talking about it where they never would have. And um, this is going to be a thing. This is really, truly going to be a thing. Excellent. And, and you know, the, the, the beauty of the Moon Mountain District is the, the, the views that you get driving through it, you know, is one of the things that, you know, um, you can't, you can never get tired um, looking out over the vineyards and the landscape of where we grow our grapes at. And, and, and the, the ability to maintain that is probably the biggest challenge. Yeah. You know, Marco DiGiulio said to me on that historic day when he told me he's going to lock Dan up, he said, I just want you to know wine takes a long time. I said, what part? He said, all of it. And I have never forgotten that. It took us so long to establish our brand. It took us so long to plant. It's a, everything takes time. But we are on the cusp of the other side of that now. We really are. Totally. Anyway, I'm going to go eat tacos. Yeah, go eat tacos with the Bye, Roberto. <laughs> see you, Robert. Good to see Uncle you. Bobby. Chris, it's always great to see you. I just talked to Tom the other day. Oh, wow. Yeah. I actually did too. So interesting. Robert, yeah. thanks for being on the show. Much I can't wait to have that uh, Laurent Ponceau that you're going to open yeah, for me that you just know. bought. No. <laughs> Remember, 91, not 90. Just let, 90. You, I just let me know the year. 91. 91. I like the higher asset. Phil, question for you. Yeah. Uh, is there, what's the next moon mountain? You live up there. You see all these mountains. You work in them. You travel them. Is there another section of those mountains that could be uh, the next great moon mountain district? Uh, well, you, you know, there's uh, the, 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 next, the next moon mountain. I don't. I don't think that you could replicate what's going on at Moon Mountain, uh, I, but there is definitely other areas that are being explored. Um, it, it, that I, it, that I, it, I I have good 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 faith in them putting up, bringing out some nice, incredible fruit. Uh, working over in Coombsville, going up up to the the, the Green Valley Road up in the the, the Napa. Uh, uh, Solano County interface. There, there's places out there, and, and what it requires is, as what we've done in Moon Mountain District, is commitment, commitment, and vision, and commitment, and having a lot of rocks in your head, because you're gonna have that. <laughs> that, that you, you have to be stubborn, as stubborn as the ground that you're working. 
to 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 make a to to make a new area great. Can I ask you what do you because you've obviously worked with a lot of different aspects and vineyards up there. What do you think of? And I have my own opinions about this, but what do you characterize the hallmark of the flavor and the texture of Moon Mountain? wines what like what are the things that you kind of see a through line between all the wines and even in vintages yeah the 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 the, the minerality yeah. the, the 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 color uh the 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 intense fruit <clears throat> uh the the bright acidity uh <clears throat> the uber ripeness so the the, the, the the there's a dichotomy there of bright acidity and uber ripeness right. but these, these things do occur, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it, it's that the minerality and, and, and texture that you get from the from the, the volcanic soils, and you know, I, I always liken it when you're in Hawaii and you and you eat a papaya grown on volcanic soils, yeah. and the 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 flavors are true and intense, and 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 that's what's that's, that's what you get from Moon Mountain. You you get true flavors of the fruit that you're growing, and Morgan always talks about that. It's like at Monterosso, at least with Zinfandel, it's it's tricky, right? Because the malics are so high that you'll be tasting and you'll be like, "Oh, this isn't ready," but ultimately, it's 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 ripe. Just that high malic is tricking you, and once yeah. it goes through conversion, you feel you feel like the wine comes together more. To a bunch, if you want a bunch. Okay. The return of Robert came. Yeah. He's inviting us to lunch, which means that he wants us to bring wine. (laughs) (laughs) And where are the tacos being served? Sam, what do you make from up in Moon Mountain? So we have State Zinfandel. Right. 16600 is is Zin. Um, We have the Marsan from the Simons Vineyard, uh, juxtaposed with the Cabernet from the Simons Vineyard, which is that vineyard down in the sort of bowl you know volcanic bowl behind 16600 estate i love the marsan um and then we just just this year are bottling uh liquid sky cabernet which is sort of the ridge line above that uh and then my favorite one one of my favorite wines that we make is the muchas piedras uh it's mostly grenache there's a long row of moved and a little row of alicante boucher um which is sort of our like you know owed to the you know the new california field blend um and we've made chardonnay from a vineyard uh, we called charlie smith vineyard just next door to the, the kistler vineyard we've made sauvignon blanc from from moon mountain district um so, i mean that's the cool thing too even at this tasting there's going to be a diverse it's not oh, going to yeah. be cabernet there's it's gonna, not going to be we'll, we'll have our cab stuff yeah. which is you know we don't make a ton of and and we it's priced in a way that people don't try it all the time uh but we'll have that we'll have the zin we'll have the muchas piedras and we'll have the marsan um and we'll, I'm, we'll have cuvee caritas there. With, okay, cool. Which I'm, is the semi-all based. Well, are you going to pour that uh, chewy's uh, under, under the, the wire. wire? Yeah, it'll be under the table. Under the table. Under <laughs> the table. <laughs> under the wire. Yeah, when you when you'll need a little breathman, you know. Uh, I've uh, that was fantastic, Chris. I mean, it was a great way to start this tasting. I mean, hopefully, I, I can finish it with it too. That you know, those it, there's a talk about a through line, like whether it's the still wine we made from the the chewy vineyard from the early 70s vines that are sadly no longer there but um you see the hansel connection which is like there is a warmth to mm-hmm. the wine yeah. and there is that like moon mountain texture and like yeah. almost like mountainy phenolic texture yeah. but it's amazing how even though it's a warmer site 
how much minerality is retained in the wines. And that's the same thing with Hanzel. There always were weighty textured wines, but always still had a brightness to them. And that's something that, you know, um, we talk about all the time. Winemakers who buy grapes from the Moon Mountain District for the first time freak out about ripeness, freak out about acidity. And it, you know, even at high ripeness, high sugar numbers, pHs are really low. Yeah. And, and, um, that ability to sort of balance those things and have those elements make these wines ageable. Yeah. They make them, you know, f- fresh and, and delicious, brings that minerality. Um, when I think of Moon Mountain District wines, it's the texture right? Uh, for me. That's that through line um, that comes from that, well, I mean, that pH. And this amazing 77 Martini Zinfandel, oh, God. which, yeah. you know, it, anytime if you see those old Martini wines out there, if it says Mountain Vineyard on it, that means it's from Monterosso right. compared to their Napa property. But 77, warm year, right, Phil? Yep. And like this wine still has great acid, great freshness to it. Um, it it's, it's tasting the seventy-seven back to back with the eighteen Bedrock from Monterosso. Pretty cool. Right? It was yeah. really and and especially after this has opened up a little bit, um, the aromatic. There's like there's like it's almost they almost smell the same. There's a citrus element to with Monterosso's in in particular. I notice it and it. it translates to bedrock vineyard down in the valley because that the, same dirt, the right? soil slid down with yeah. just more rock and, and bedrock so there's always a little different structure to bedrock but there is this like orange peel citrus element that i do find on a, especially when they're young but even in the old one you get that a little bit of that citrus aromatics there there was one time on i'll never forget this uh a guy shows up at my house uh this is when god is the late seventies, and he had a fifty-seven Mont- Monterosa Zin, yeah, a, a fifty-seven Monterosa Cab, and a fifty-eight Barbera, yeah, and I still taste those yeah. wines, yeah, you know, and and, <clears throat> and and the 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 ability to to survive the, that that long in the seventy-seven that's a long time ago, yeah, yeah, no, no, I had a and, I had a sixty-four good Zin out of Magnum. That it was like, oh, this still has another twenty five years left. In that, you know, it's, and I mean, I mean, and you think that's the Magnum bottling? Yeah, no, I think I think out of seven fifty, it's I mean storage partially, but I think out of seven fifty, it still would have been great. But what's I mean, what's the greatest? What are some of the greatest wines you've ever had? Obviously, those those late fifties martinis. But what are some of the other great like historic wines? That you've had from from the AVA before it was an AVA, Phil. Well, oh, the the hand, Hansel, uh old Carbonet, Cap yeah. Franc. Mm-hmm. Some of those old Kenwood Artist series, which were based around Montecito, also yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah, and and you know the funny thing you mentioned that the low pH and from from what was Carbonet, which is now Moon Mountain Vineyards Repris, those red soils have such a high potassium content that the pHs are. Through the roof, right? Oh, really? And and, and oh, these aren't, aren't going to last. They last forever. Right. You know, there's there's that that magical dichotomy, and and, and you know, Jeff Baker, who will be on the panel, uh, hopefully, I'll, I'm going to prod him for talking about making those those old cab francs. I mean, they're just wonderful, wonderful wines. So, for both of you, besides your own, what is your favorite wine that's made up? Uh, from the Moon Mountain AVA, do you have one? 
What's my favorite kid? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Obviously. No, yeah. when you're facing, it's, it's like there's the favorite one is the one I'm drinking at the, at the time. No, that's not even true. Sometimes I don't like them. But when it comes to the Blue Mountain District, there, there's the, 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 the diversity, and I always personally, I, I, I always reach for hillside fruit. I don't care if it's the vodka range. The, the Mount Beater, Moon Mountain District, uh, you, mountain mountain fruit, Hermitage, me, Hermitage, <laughs> uh, the Rolling Hills of Chateau Neuf. Um, it doesn't have the elevation, but the, the you know um, Coat Roti. There's something about growing on on those on slopes that you know that, that's where you're supposed to grow grapes. All this bottom land is for food crops. You can tell Phil doesn't want to piss off one of his clients. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I no, just, it's good though. Right? It's, it's that's why so, he studied political science, right? So I, I, it, it teaches me. It's always hard to pick out. You know, people. That's the constant question of what's your favorite wine. And it's like, oh, I, and, I like, I like drinking the wines of people I know. Yeah, know? And like that's my and, and, and I think, places I've been. You know, when people come to this, and, and uh, hopefully our, the listeners to this will uh, will come up and talk to us. Uh, uh, on on June third, it'd be interesting to see your your responses to what we're. Uh, There's going to be a variety uh, of styles there. Yeah. Right? like it's going to, yeah. which is cool. Well, and the other cool thing about this, and and this is really being driven a lot by by Gallo and Brene and Monteroso, is now there's so many more producers making wine out of the Moon Mountain District than even 10 years ago. It's very cool. Uh, you look at the list of producers out of Monterosa yeah. now, the, the diversity it is. It is incredible. Obviously, exactly. they keep a lot of the fruit for themselves, but yeah. they're they're selling to some incredibly what, talented winemakers. I don't, I don't know. That's definitely a weird one. jet. Police helicopter, sheriff's helicopter, all those sirens. What's going on? on I mean, we heard nothing, all those sirens. Nothing showed nothing, up on Pulse Point. coming up? Uh, I mean, there were a lot of sirens. Vehicle fire, up. high road. That could be it. 17037 uh, high road. So that's uh that's that's in the AVA. <laughs> it's yeah. in view of Monterosso. And, 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 and that's what a perfect way, way to end. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's go find out what the Let's what, go what, find let's go things well, Let's talk time. about the event again yes. more time. real quick. Yeah. One more time. Go to moonmountaindistrict.org, click on events. Uh there's a couple of clicks to go through to get to the event bright. Um, you can buy, there's, there's a few seats left for the masterclass with the tour led by Brene. And then uh, there's plenty of room left, uh, for shoot the moon for reach for the moon, reach for the moon, reach for the moon, uh, That's all I know. uh on for the grand tasting. I think there's, you know, you can have like 200 people for the grand tasting. So, um, definitely if you're, you know, if you love wines from, from mountain vineyards, uh, I can't think of another tasting like this. That'll be a collection of just mountain volcanic soils. Uh, you know, again, it'll be a lot of Cabernet, but there's going to be a whole bunch of, uh, of it's other. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing with a view to match too. I mean, you see. don't have to be into wine to get right. get your breath taken away from totally. being at Monterosa. Chris, is this the first one they've had? Uh, tasting up there. Uh, Historic Vineyard Society did one up there in the past. Um, We did one of our events up there and it was 
Yeah, so I have a little experience of what events like are up How there. How much of a pain in the ass it is to do an event up there? I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, organizing that. And again, we're giving a lot of credit to Gallo, but they deserve it for the ABA creation as well as and you, br- Phil, but also they- opening up that place to the public. Because when you when you put boots on the ground in Monterosso, again, you don't you don't have to know anything about wine. You're, you're like, you're oh, on, this is special. You're on the hollow ground. Yeah, exactly. It, it, you that's feel it. such a cliche, but you can feel it. Yeah. So, Any shout outs, Chris? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, we, if you want to check out our wines, bedrock wine, bedrock um, under the wire wines.com. And you um, have a release going right now for under the we're wire. We're going right? to be releasing some sparkling wine and including Chewy Chardonnay, um, from moon mountain in a couple weeks, right after the May 16th. Um, come visit us at the taste room. Good, great pairing is winery 16, 600 with, right off with, the square too. Coming to our spot off the square. That's and, a good day on the plaza. Yeah. You go do a tasting at Bedrock and a tasting here. It's a good Not day. necessarily in that order. Go but. listen to my first ever podcast guest interview, Sam Katori, <laughs> uh, on Bedrock Wine Conversations. We've both gotten much better at this good, since then. <laughs> a good a good prep before this event. Listen to the Brene pods on your pod or my pod or the Jason Jardine pod on your pod or my pod. So, yeah. And support these wines. They're they're incredible. The best way to support the Savia and to buy the wines and try them. You'll be rewarded. Yep. All right, Sam, Brian. Oh, oh yeah, right. We, uh, oh yeah. We're doing, Is there an after party? There's an after party what? at the Fairmont. What? Where the, you know, they do their food truck Fridays and Saturday nights out in the, yeah. the lawn there. Tony Saunders, son of Merle Saunders playing music. Uh, and this is at the Fairmont. This is at the Fairmont, and we're Tony? we're taking over the bar, and we're going to bring a bunch of sixteen six hundred, but a bunch of Moon Mountain District wines. And when is this? And this is so the the June third, Saturday, June third, tasting you know, master classes at noon, tastings at like two or three up at up at Monterosso, and then you just got to go straight down the hill. Right to the parking lot of the Fairmont, and we're going to be hanging out, listening to music, eating food. The cooking. after party after Morgan's wedding was at the the Fairmont, and let me tell you, having experienced that as well, great spot for an yeah, after party. Great spot for an after party. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be awesome. And then the after after party after the party is the hotel lobby, right? <laughs> it's a great place for a party, though. Just make a weekend out of it. Get yourself a room at the Fairmont. Right. Go in the morning. Go get some chilaquiles at El Molino. There you go. Make it a, make it a weekend. This is definitely uh, this is how you spend a weekend in Sonoma. Okay. And then on Sunday, um, go to under the go to Bedrock Hooker House, make a reservation, and then come to sixteen six hundred. Yeah. yeah. Right. When's the next final Sunday coming up? Uh, the next one that we have on the schedule is September seventeenth. Okay. So we we'll probably do some other events over the summer, but September seventeenth at the Denmark Street Barn with with Catherine Russell and and Tony Saunders. Thank you uh, as the the opening act. Um, food, pizza, uh, and that'll be the culmination of our three days of Grenache Day celebration starting on uh, starting on the fifteenth of September, which is International Grenache Day. There's going to be a special dinner. I don't know if John Toolsy has started promoting it yet. A special dinner, uh, sort of like one of those out in the field kind of dinners where you don't know where it is until. You get, you know, that morning, um, so that'll be Saturday night and then Sunday, uh, you know, Grammy Award winner hanging out at a barn in the middle of Vineyard in Sonoma. Hey, Dave Hayes and Roger Randall, book your flights. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> 
All right, guys. Is that Thank it? You. Right. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. See you all, all right. June Thanks 3rd. And see you June 3rd. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Uh, so if you've listened this far to the podcast, uh, you deserve a promo code uh, for the Reach for the Moon, Moon Manhattan District Grand Tasting. Uh, promo code is? Moon Rocks. Who came up with that promo code? You did. Oh, it's pretty good. Everything you do is pretty good, Sam. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, so promo code MoonRocks, $25 off the grand tasting. There's 10 of those tickets available. If you listened all the way through or you did the smart thing and you fast-forwarded to the end, use that promo code. Buy some tickets. We'll see you on June 3rd. Thank you very much. And show up. And- or as I said in one of my films, I will find you. I will kill you. Fantastic. <laughs>